0: Amen, amen. It is a blessing to be here with you this morning. Again, my name is Andy Nelms, and I want to wor- welcome you to worship this morning, especially if it's your first time here. Uh, this is a special time that we have to come together wherever we are to get to worship, and we want to welcome you. You know, this morning I've been, I've been thinking and praying a lot about, uh, about the Word um, this morning, and, and I've been thinking about this idea of being a part of a team. You know, being a part of a team is something really important, and, and maybe you experienced that growing up. Maybe you were a part of a sports team, or um, maybe maybe in a part of an ensemble, or a band, or whatever that was. But even at an early age, we start learning how to cooperate with others. Um, even when we are young children, we are taught how to share, we are taught how to participate, we're taught how to do these things. And these are some of the most valuable lessons that we could ever learn. And you know, I think the same is true for our faith as well. I've realized this, maybe you've learned this as well, that faith is a team sport. Faith is a team sport. It's something that we do together. It's important to develop ourselves individually. It's, it's important to have our own spiritual disciplines that, that, you know, kind of we think just affect us. But, but what we realize is that anything we do ourselves is in participation with the wider whole. That faith is a team sport. Faith is a team sport. And, and my faith, my own personal faith is stronger Because I am a part of a faith community, especially this faith community. My faith is stronger because it's not this thing that I do on my own. It's not just this thing that I do individually. It's not just this thing that I do by myself. It is this thing that I participate in the wider whole and it makes my life better. Maybe you've realized this or maybe you're struggling. Because maybe you've tried to develop your own faith, maybe you've tried to do this thing and you've tried to do it all on your own. You've tried to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, you've tried to do these things, and you've realized how difficult it truly is, maybe even impossible to do this faith on your own. I've realized this, especially we Westerners, have this lie that we tell ourselves. I call it this, I call it the I've got it lie. Right? The I've got it lie. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know, there's this tendency for us to have it together. And so whenever we're carrying these boxes or something and and, and we're doing carrying this load that we can't possibly bear ourselves for much longer, and we walk by somebody and somebody says, Can I help you? And we utter those words, right? No, I've got it. You know what I mean? Maybe we have a schedule. We've got a day and we start complaining, you know, in the early morning uh, hours about our schedule that day. Say, I've got so much stuff to do. I've got to run all these errands. I've got to take care of all of these things. I've got to do all of this stuff. And then somebody says, well, can I help with that? And it comes out again, right? I've got it. Whatever it is, I think we've all uttered the I've got it lie. Here's the truth, Friends. No, you don't. And that's okay. You were never meant to have it all together just by yourself. You were never meant to be in seclusion. You were never meant to do all of this alone, especially our faith. Why? Because our faith is a team sport. It is something that we do together. And this is something we learn throughout the Bible. This is something we learn throughout the Bible, and especially in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus, um, Jesus says these words in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35. If you have your Bible, I invite you to pull it out. That We read that Matthew says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness when he saw the crowds. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Notice what happened there. Jesus was going throughout the countryside. He was performing miracles. He was doing all of these things. And then he saw the crowd and he realized, he knew that there was more ministry, there was more to do than these 12 and 13 people could do themselves. And he says, pray for a team. Pray for a group. Pray for a group of people who are willing to commit to this thing. Jesus said, we've got more to do together than we could ever do alone. Jesus says, pray for this team that might come together. Here's the thing. You don't have it. You don't got it. That's a lie, friends. But here's the truth. Together with God's help, we've got it. Together, with God's help, we've got it. You were never meant to have it alone. You were never meant to do this thing by yourself. That together, with God's help, we can do it. Together, as a part of the people, if we pray for Harvest Hands, if we pray for a group of people who are willing to go out and work with us, friends, we can do it together. We can bear this burden with one another. Together, with God's help, we've got it. And friends, that's why this morning we're talking about generosity. I want to tell you, if you consider yourself a member of this community of faith, we hope that you would commit and be generous with your gifts. This Sunday is the Sunday that we invite you to to make that commitment, to make a pledge on what you plan to sacrifice in the coming years so that the ministry of the church can continue. And now, if you're not a member of this church, we hope that you would pray about that and, and look at that. But the expectation is that our, the people who have said we are members here, we have committed here, we have planted our flag, we plan to do ministry, our faith together with this team, we hope that you would plan that sacrifice that you plan to make. Because here's the truth uh, about, about this sacrifice, here's the truth about it, is that individual sacrifice is what makes a good team great. Individual sacrifice is what makes a good team great. Have you, ever, have you ever been a part of a team that did something really amazing? Maybe you were in high school and, and your team won the championship. Maybe you went further than any team at your school had gone before. Maybe you were part of a band that, that won awards. Maybe you were part of a, a, a group that, that did something truly great. And what you realize is that everybody in that group had sacrificed together. That everybody was pulling their own weight. Everybody was doing something. Why? Because individual sacrifice. Each person giving up something is what takes a good team to a great team. Friends, I hope that this would be a great team. I hope that we would sacrifice together. So that we can do some truly amazing things In this world. Here's the truth about sacrifice. That generosity is the truest form of sacrifice. Generosity is, is the truest form of sacrifice. If you've ever heard stories of heroes who have sacrificed their life. If you've ever heard of parents who, who gave up something so that their children might have something. If you've ever heard of friends who, who gave over a thing so that their friend could have something else. Friends, that, that core being, that basic piece of that is generosity. That somebody realized what they had and realized what someone else didn't and so they gave something up. That generosity is the truest form of sacrifice. And I believe that that generosity does something. Not only for us individually, but for the group as a whole. There's three things that I I believe generosity does. And and I invite you just to write these down, pray over these, find out if these are true in your own life. I'm not telling you this is something you have to believe. I'm asking you to experiment with this in your own life. That I think the first thing generosity does is it teaches us about enough. Generosity teaches us about enough. I I don't know if you're like me, but I haven't always practiced generosity in my own life. And and there was this time early on in Melissa and I's marriage where I dreamed about this number in my bank account. I dreamed about this, this, maybe even a monthly income that I could earn to say, if I got this, I would be happy. You know what I mean? Like if I had this thing, then, 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 then I would be fine. And, and life would be okay. I would have enough. I could put some away and I could, I could be secure and I could be comfortable. Friends, I'm here to say that left unchecked, you will never have enough. Maybe you've experienced that maybe early on in your marriage or early on in your life you thought about that number and then once you achieved that number you realized how much further you had to go because there were these other expenses there were these other things that you wanted that you needed my friends i'm happy the fact that generosity in my own life and in my marriage has has taught us about enough friends Left unchecked, you will never have enough because you can't do enough. That only through the power of God, only through generosity, can we truly learn what enough actually means. It's not about having more. But it is about being content with what we have. The only way we can do that, friends, is through generosity is through this practice of spiritual discipline. So the first thing that, do, that generosity does is it teaches us about enough. The second thing that it does is it allows us to participate in something bigger than ourselves. Generosity allows us to participate in something bigger than ourselves. We learn this early on in the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, they had this practice they called the tithe. And whenever they gave the tithe, this, this 10% of, of, of their crop, this 10% of their income, went to build the temple. We read this in Malachi 3.10, to bring the full tithe into the t- storehouse so that there may be food in my house. What they were doing in this time is that they were building up the temple the largest structure the biggest thing that they had ever seen they were building it and it was not something that they could have done on their own it was not something that one person could have stored up enough and said, okay, now we finally have enough that we can, we can build this structure, we can build this temple, I can do this now on my own, friends. That was something that they could only do together. And we are asking you to do the same thing so that you can do something m- more than you could ever do on your own. So generosity, it teaches us about Enough. Generosity allows us to participate in something bigger than ourselves. And the third thing that it does is that it allows us to bless our community and the world. My family and I had the privilege of being here yesterday morning and helping distribute food. And to those who came by, I have a couple of pictures of it here. Elijah and I, my four-year-old, were um, pushing carts around. We were were moving food. And then uh, my daughter, Elena, was out there with Haven. um, And she was uh, directing cars as people came through. And I realized this incredible blessing that was happening. Here at this church, that hungry people were being fed. We were literally doing the things that Jesus said to do. That he said, I, I was hungry and you gave me food. These were literally commandments of Christ, and here we were as a church doing them. And this was not something that I could have done on my own. I could not have distributed food to more than 100,000 people on my own. This was something that we could have only done as a community of faith together. Just last month, I got to participate on a Zoom call as I watched as food was distributed to people in need in Haiti with Feed My Starving Children. It was an incredible witness as we watched on our computer screens, many of us from Lovers Lane, as we watched this happening in real time as this food was being actively distributed to people who were in need in Haiti. And we are able to have this kind of worship. In this way, and we are able to bless people who don't have a community of faith. And I want to tell you that this is something that you could not do on your own. All these things you could not do on your own. Try to feed somebody in Dallas, feed somebody in Haiti, and have worship that actually reaches out as compelling to people who don't know Jesus. Try doing all of that on your own, friends. We can't do it. But the only reason we have been able to do all of these things and more is because the generosity of the people who have committed their faith here, who have committed their resources here. Friends, generosity is a powerful tool if we will use it, if we will practice it. And so, what I encourage you to, t- to do today is to pray. In, in a little while, just, um, in, in just a few minutes, we're going to ask you to make a commitment. And I'm going to invite you to pray now about a percentage of your income. Pray about a percentage of your income that you would sacrifice to the kingdom of God. So that we will learn about enough. So that we will participate in something greater than ourselves. And so that we will bless the community and the world. Friends, I encourage you to start now by praying about that percentage, that thing that you might do. And then this is an experiment. This is something I I'm not telling you, you have to believe right now. I want you to experiment with it, practice it, and see if it is true in your own life as it is in mine. The biblical principle in in uh, the, the principle in the Bible about about generosity is a tithe, giving ten percent. And and I will encourage you to pray about a percentage with the goal of working towards that ten percent if you're not already there. And if you are there, I encourage you to continue to pray about that. Consider if God is asking you to to, to move beyond that. I want to let you know that that my family and I have practiced tithing now for the last several years, for seven years or more now. And and this is something that has blessed our community. And I'm gonna show you something I don't I don't know if this is important for you to know, but I want you to know that my family and I have sat down and budgeted our money. It looks a little bit like this. So that each month we can give a percentage of our income. That every month we receive, I receive a paycheck. And it's a little more than $6,000 each month. And each month, at the beginning of the month, $614 comes out of my paycheck. So that it can go to the kingdom of God. Friends, we have sacrificed. And it has been the the most incredible blessing in our lives. And I invite you to try it. I invite you to practice. I invite you to pray about it. You know, the reason that we are here today is because somebody sacrificed for you. Somebody sacrificed for you so that we could worship in, in this place, in this way. Somebody sacrificed for you. That in 1946, Tom Shipp and a congregation of people said, this is worth sacrificing for. That we will build something. We will start something now that will go on more than 70 years. We will do something here as a community of faith that truly has lasting power in this world. The only reason, friends, that we are here today is because somebody sacrificed for you. Somebody practiced generosity. Somebody gave up something. So that you can have something more. How will you respond? Let us pray. God, I thank you so much that you paid the ultimate sacrifice. That you gave your life so that we could have life and have it in abundance. God, I pray now that as as we consider this option before us, as we discern what you would have us do in these next few moments, God, that we would just have the courage to try, to practice, and to experience the blessings that are to come. I ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit and the mighty name of Jesus Christ.